Welcome to Manifestation Freak. I'm your host, Lou George, and the founder of Manifestation Freak, the number one process for rapid transformation and manifestation. Because manifestation isn't magic, it's a frequency. It is you being aligned with what you want. So join me each week for solo episodes where I'll be talking about everything law of attraction, mindset, and intentional manifestation, plus guest experts from around the world in how you can more intentionally create the life you want and be your highest expression of love, health, wealth. We've got you covered. Enjoy the show and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. My guest today is Garen Jones. Garen is a coach, a thought leader and the founder of the Awaken the Artist program. He believes that everyone deserves to have an incredible quality of life that surpasses your wildest dreams. He went from $200,000 in debt, living in his car for two and a half years and being an ex-convict to impacting millions, earning millions and living a life without regrets. He truly feels that it is possible for everyone to overcome their life's obstacles and manifest the life they really want. He teaches people how to discover what is blocking you from living an extraordinary life by implementing practical strategies and tools that transformed his life for the better and are changing millions of lives globally. This is a frank and powerful conversation and it is my honor to welcome Garen Jones. I have a question that I used to end the show with and I'd like to start with it now. And that is, if all of your work disappeared today, there was nothing left, the books, podcasts, interviews, all gone, what would be the one thing you would want to say to the world? You have an opportunity to build it back again. And who you become while building it back again turns into more books, turns into more podcasts, turns into more world change, because they can take everything away from you. They can't take away your mind, they can't take away your body, can't take away your soul. So as long as you are in ownership of that, that right there is the key to any kind of outcome that you want in your life. Boom, I love that. I'm so connected. And I know this because it happened to me three times. Well, I'd love to then go straight into that because that's a beautiful segue. This is one of the reasons you're, you're such a, I love that you really walk your talk. There are so many mindset coaches and you know coaches out there and people teaching things these days, which is incredible. But what I'm always looking for, especially in guests that I invite on the show is that people really walk their talk and embody the life that they are talking about and teaching about. And, and you really do that. But I'm also not interest, just interested in people's successes, but how exactly as you've just described like how have you built yourself back up how have you gone from the bottom to to the top and down again and up again is there something that you would like to share that has helped you stay consistent in your soul and your being regardless of your external circumstances yeah, so it's a really good question because so many people had asked me, they're like, well, how did you, you know, you were like this in acting and modeling, and then you were like this in music, and then you were like this in the self, self-development self world. The reason why the rises and falls happened, um, I feel, is because I wasn't aware, you know, and you can't change what you're not aware of. And so... I would read these books and I would apply these lessons, but I didn't know that what I was reading 
and applying was actually the causation of my life. I thought I was. I was like, oh, I sure am lucky. You know, I pray every day. I sure am lucky. But I didn't know that I was doing unique things in a unique way to produce unique outcomes. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was more prideful and ego. So in modeling and modeling and acting and music, you know, what started the flame was my purity of my soul and my natural authentic expression. But then once I started getting lots of compliments and I started getting lots of um, just like praise from people outside of me, I, because I never got it as a little kid, mm. that became something that I then started working for. And the funny thing is that people work harder for for praise and acknowledgement than they do for money. And I didn't know that stat at that time. So I go through this whole process, but it wasn't until I got into self-development and understanding uh, how to heal and how to forgive and how to let go of resentment and how to build people up instead of tear them down when they're not in the same vicinity as me when i started understanding that this was a different kind of rubik's cube to life mm. that new pattern started to set me on a pathway of sustainability because mm. anybody can make money but how long can you keep it yeah it was the building up of people it was the selfless service it was me being able to lead myself in such a way that people discover freedom inside of themselves because they get that example me being able to create and curate these communities based off of a lifestyle that i was living and not something that i was trying so over time this was my third time you know they said three three times a charm. This was my third time as the rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and fall, and then something stuck. And mm -hmm. I have not looked back in 13 years. Beautiful, I love that. There's a few words that I wrote down to, to when I think, so I've been following you for a while, and when I was thinking of you, I wrote down play, heart, joy, inner child. Uh, and when I think when I think about your work that I know of, that they're the words that come to mind. And it really seems to me that they're the words that are leading this movement that you've created, this lifestyle you've created, these communities that you've created. And your whole body of work is around awakening the artist within, like artist power. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? What is artist power? And, and do those words resonate for you? I'm sure they do, but like, could you, yeah. you talk to us in your own words about what that means to you? Yeah, well, I mean, play and, and heart and joy, those things. I love that you shared that because people, sometimes they'll see some of my interviews and they're like, but you like, you do like some really deep, like some of the deepest work I've ever seen outside of plant medicine. Like you, you do some of the deepest work. So how do you equate that to play? I was like, because I want when people play it for it to actually be genuine, not to be, a, not to be an overcompensation compensation or to be enjoy it not to be forced be like yeah they, today's a great day when you're you go home and you're crying in the mirror when nobody is around mm -hmm. so if there's anything in the way my mission on this planet is to create safe enough space for that whatever's in the way to come out so that you can actually experience genuine play, genuine joy, genuine zest, z genuine community of people that like accept you for who you are 
and not like try to cast you out because you don't you don't think like them. And so the artist is is the little kid. You think about all little kids. You just put them put them put some crayons, put some paint, put some Tonka trucks, uh, put a princess doll, whatever. Put them around them and watch what they do with that. Every little kid is an artist. They all have insurmountable amount of energy. They, 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 I've never seen a, a little four-year-old, five-year-old kid think small. It's always something massive. I wanna be the president of the United States or I wanna be the king or the queen or, the, or a rock star. It's always something massive. Now go out 30 years. Mm -hmm. Most of them are working a nine to five job out of security and fear, getting paid less than their value. So my question is, what happened? Mm -hmm. And so I said the greatest abandonment is, I don't think it came from mom and dad leaving. I think the greatest abandonment is when that child abandon, abandons their original dream and it does something to your spirit. And then all of a sudden you live your whole life trying to fulfill what only you can give to yourself. And so you overcompensate with sex, sex and porn and drugs and alcohol and money and work and all these different things. But deep down inside is a little kid that says, can you come back home to me? Everybody gets all the attention. But what about me? And most people don't see it. So my role in this planet, what I will do, whether I'm getting paid money or uh, any money or no money, is to remind people of what their soul already knows by first living that example, creating those communities and creating the type of atmosphere where people don't have to come in and be like, well, what are they going to think? They're like, no, these people believe in me. And so um, that's where the artist comes from. And, and the power that comes when you tap into that resonant frequency that's already dormant inside of you. That's what I call artist power. That is the, it, it is the, the, one of the most powerful frequencies in the world. And so awaken the artist within, you awaken in those spaces by removing the things that no longer serve you so that you can be who you are always meant to be. Mm, I love that so much. And as you're talking, I'm, I feel energized just by, you're clearly so passionate about this. Like, it, you know, just the way you talk about it, but your energy when you talk about this. And I 100% believe that you would do this for free, that if you did lose your body of work, you would be out there in the streets, in the parks doing this, you know, for nothing. Well, and, I, and I wanna, and I wanna, I wanna point this out. I did do it for free for years. I mean, many, many years when I was living in my car, $200,000 in debt, um, uh, sleeping in an abandoned building, sleeping um, uh, in my storage unit on bubble wrap. Like I was working people out for free. I was always motivating them. I had 125 videos out and I believe, I don't know for a fact, but I believe because I show the universe that even if everything is taken away from me, I'm still gonna be just as passionate with whatever this is, because I didn't have the articulation back then, but I had something in my heart that was bursting to come out. Mm -hmm. And I just listen. I believe that my life now is the ripple effect and the overflow 
of what I did 14, 15 years ago. And I was doing it for five, six straight years, never asked for a dime, working people out for free on mountains and they would come go back to their homes. I'm living in my car. I never charged them a dime. And so I've already done it for free. And because of that, I get paid so much money to do what I've already done for free. And I would still do for free, but it seems like the universe wants to give me all the necessary, the re resources to continue building and growing this thing. Mm, I love that. It's like the law of divine compensation, right? How did you do it for free though? Because it would be easier in that position, homeless, living in your car, in, in abandoned buildings and, and such, and many people do, succumb to the darkness of that and the depression of that and the, the, the tough times. How did you ignite your artist within to help others in that way for free? Was there one moment? Was there accumulation of things? How did you get yourself up every day and go to the parks and do that? Well, um... That's a really good question, because uh, I was, I did experience the darkness and I, I experienced suicidal thoughts. I tried to take my life twice and there was a lot of dark times. Mm -hmm. It was the inner voice saying, do this, and then me doing something different that I wouldn't normally do in areas of my life where I wasn't happy. Me doing that and feeling the difference and when I was just sulking in my emotions or when I was just doing something to serve other people and seeing them like build relationships together and have joy from something that I was passionate about, like hiking, mm -hmm. it, I could feel the duality inside of my body instantly. And though I didn't have the articulation for it, I could feel the difference. And I'm like, man, every time I do nothing and I complain and I gossip and I and I and I and I like try to tear people down because they're living a life that I'm not, I feel the worst I have ever felt. Like I'm inhuman. Mm -hmm. But when I'm doing and breathing life and humanity and motivating people and whoever wants to show up and and like really being of service, I was like, for some reason, I forget that I'm homeless living in my car. So I remember those moments, but the solidifying moment was August, 2011. It was at 3.43 in the morning and a homeless guy had walked up to me and asked me for money. Um, no, let me take you back a year. I'm living in my car and it was, it was just difficult. It was one of those days where it's like, I reached the rock bottom of the rock bottom. And I was like, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't wanna fight anymore. I, I wanna be healthy. I wanna be happy. I wanna be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just wanna inspire people and I wanna make a bunch of money, but I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. It was that. Then the week later, I see the homeless guy who asked me for money and I said, you have more money than me. And the homeless guy, which I feel was my angel, said, change your mindset, change your life, and walks away. Mm -hmm. I've heard motivational words before, but not words that had that kind of energy that stopped me in my tracks and made me think about my whole life. And that's when I started doing the opposite of everything that I would normally do in areas of my life where I wasn't happy. 13 years later, my life is a direct flip from where I was in the lowest point of my life. Now I'm in the highest point of my life. It makes sense because I've trained myself to do the opposite. I love that so much. There's so much in that I love. 
I've, I've heard you talk about that before, change your mindset, change your life. And I, I, I heard you talk about the homeless man, homeless man saying that to you. And it really resonated with me, obviously being in self-development, doing this work as well. And it is often those very simple things from those angels that just at the right time, right? Where it, you maybe have heard it before a million times, but just that right time, that right messenger, and it resonates. And that's the title of your book, right? Change your mindset, change your life. Yes. It's, it's also the tagline, one of my similar tagline, uh, one of my programs coded, transform your beliefs, transform your life. So same thing. It resonates loads. Um, but also what I really love about everything you were just saying is that you just started doing the opposite because in self-development in this world that we're in, often we're talking about just be your highest, you know, I talk about be your highest expression, like be your best self. We talk about all these things, but they don't really mean that much to someone who isn't in this world. Someone who's on no. their knees, right? Like just be your best self, do the best you can. When you're broken, when you're depressed, when you're suicidal, you can't like F off. Like, what do you mean? Be my best self. Like I'm just struggling to survive here but you started doing the opposite. That's an easier concept to grasp. Like what would be- It's opposite? practical. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's practical when, when you know, and I've, I, I've done this before, but, you know, taking many courses on communication on, on every level, there's, there's so many people that are very educated and when they speak to people, they don't know how to translate mm. uh, to the masses because they're speaking at an educational level where, the people that they're probably trying to reach, they're they're not even there. So if you say, just be your highest self to somebody, that's like who who's just coming into this work. That's like speaking pre-calculus to a baby who doesn't even know the ABCs yet. Yeah. So what is the 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 before evolved version of be your highest self? Okay, cool. Focus on confidence. Mm start developing confidence and then because you do something over and over and over over time it will evolve mm -hmm. just like abc's turns into words turns into sentences paragraphs essays books so if you can strip it down you, you know i've learned to be able to know who i'm talking to and then speak the language um speak the language of their listening and that's why even in my program um, you know, the, the awaken the artist within is very, it's probably some of the deepest work in the entire planet. That's not in the, that's not in the medicine space because you're dealing with the little kid. And, um, however, there are levels to the depths of which I can teach and train. Like right now, I'm hearing your, when I hear your voice, I hear six different languages simultaneously, the energy, the vibration, the frequency, the tone, the channel, like that's how, but I train on these things. But if I was just to be like, awaken the artist within, divine channel and da 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 da, and just like a really go, they're like, um, I thought I was just gonna be painting. <laughs> so you, you've gotta know your audience and when you know your audience, it's not about getting them to speak up to your education. It's about you meeting them where they are and then you working them up to that level of education. Otherwise, you're going to miss a lot of people. Mm. And also there's so much noise and stuff and fluff and esoteric nonsense that's not needed. And I love the stripping it back. Those words that I that I thought about you with, play, heart, joy, and a child, ultimately, like, don't we all just want that? Like we go on these epic spiritual journeys, plant medicine, like all of these things. 
And then we come back to, oh, actually it's very simple. We come back to self, we come back to inner child. And that's what I've found personally, I don't know about you, but on my journey, you know, all these years and years of spirituality and everything, now it's just, oh, okay, cool. It's actually much simpler. Like the, all of those things led me back to this place of simplicity. Absolutely. And it, 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 that is, it's, I, I love that you have that. It's not a lot of that out there. And so I think people are craving connection. I think people are craving simplicity because there's a lot of comp and complication never duplicates. That's why ABCs in every language that it can be translated in is the most widely known introduction to language. And so, but that's why I wouldn't start somebody. I have awakened the artist within, that's the little kid, but the adult version of the little kid is called the harmonized human. I'm not gonna start somebody with the harmonized human learning the, the laws of nature and the body harmony and all these different things. Like, no, let's forgive your mom. Let's let go of the resentment. Let's like really be, learn how to uh, connect with your body and feel feel the lightness that happens when you release the weight of your ego, the weight of insecurity and things like that. So uh, I, I love that you're in that same space as well. Mm. So it takes us, a, uh, it's a journey to get here, isn't it? I'm like middle-aged now, like that is, I've been a whole journey, but more like middle-aged, but more childlike and, and loving life more than ever. I think it's, it's a beautiful mm. place to be. How did you get to this place? Because you didn't have the easiest childhood, right? And you were a bit of a delinquent, may I say, like, you know, in and out of trouble, in and out of jail as well. And, and you've already touched on the homelessness. How, yeah. did, how did you, you know, to, like, change your mindset, change your life? What else, what else took you from I mean, there? There were so many, I, I mean, I, I, if I could have written a book by the time I was seven, I, I would have had a book that could have changed the world. That's, I mean, it was, it was very difficult. And I, you know, anybody who's listening, I don't want you to listen and be like, oh yeah, well, I'd never had to go to prison or live in my car. I, I just want to just reason with you for a second. If you're, if you feel like you're stuck in a job that you know you don't like and you stay in it, that's prison. If you're in a relationship that you know that you don't want to be in and you're just like, oh, that's prison. So sometime or another, we all have similar, similar things that we grow through. And uh, I just wanted to share that. But as far as the, my life, it, it didn't feel different to me. I thought everybody's life was like that. I thought everybody had their lights go off because the parents couldn't afford electricity. I thought that everybody got free lunch because you couldn't afford the money to buy lunch at school. Um, I, I, I thought I, I thought everybody was going through the same thing. It wasn't until I started, it's funny, hanging out with my white friends. Because I, I, when I grew up, I grew up uh, at a younger age around a, a really very rough black community. And I saw what I saw. And the only white person I'd ever seen was my, was my teacher. And that was when I was five. So the first white person I ever saw in my life was when I was five years old. I was like, mom, I have a teacher. Her name is Miss Hurt and she's cream. She's like, cream? She's like, no, she's white. I'm like, what? 
No, I, she's cream, mom, she's cream. And so then this one, I started seeing the difference. Then when our house got broken into and burned down, my mom moved to a different neighborhood. And in that neighborhood, I experienced, you know, in my child brain, it's different now. It's just a different caliber of a neighborhood. But I would be like, oh, mom, we live in the white neighborhood because it was a lot of a lot of white people that I had never been exposed to at a younger, younger age. And I just like they prepared food different that they they the they were saying things that was different. I saw people with money and different kind of cars, the, the different caliber of neighborhoods. I could see the difference. So I'd be like, oh, white people have money. Black people have no money. That's me at six years old trying to make sense of what I'm seeing. And so because I had the duality of both of those worlds, both of those worlds came with me. And as I got older, it wasn't white people that have money. It was just a different variation of a neighborhood where there was more, um, there was wealthier people that just happened to be more white people than the people that were in the hood uh, um, in Third Ward and in South Park. Uh, you wouldn't know these, but it's a very, very, very rough neighborhood. Um, and inside of that developed the construct of my thinking. It's like, oh, it's really tough. Oh, and there's a money opportunity. So my whole life, I would go through really tough times and then I'd create a money opportunity. Tough times, money opportunity. At tough times, break into a car uh, and steal, steal it, sell it, boom, money opportunity. Tough times, all of a sudden, the way in which I was in my childhood started to play out. I was in and out of juvenile. I was in and out of jail. I was breaking in the cars, breaking in the houses, and it was this tough times. And then I'd find a way to make money. Mm. And so that was the construct of me going through really tough times. And you never know what impacts a child. But whatever they're exposed to, the energy that they're exposed to, the frequency around the house, what's not being spoken around the house, that child is exposed to everything. Every insecurity the mom and dad has, that child is exposed to that insecurity. Um, and so this led me to then being around negative people and, and, and reinforcing my, my environment and, and then also being around positive people and reinforcing that environment. So I had the duality of the two inside of my life, my entire life. And that's what led me into all of that. But it wasn't until I started reading books at age 32 till I realized I'm like, oh, I could change my life. But all of that gave me strength and durability and sustainability to be able to, once I developed anything that comes into my life, friendships, love, money, business, I, I have the durability, I have the sustainability. So I took my default and I turned it into a superhero power. Mm, I love that. I love that. I heard you talk, I can't remember where I heard you talk about this, when you were in prison at some point, talk about how you created freedom in your mind. 
And you just said you didn't start reading books till you were 32, but it, that was way before that, right? That you- I didn't consciously start reading books until I was 32. Yeah, but I love that there were already seeds there, There were, that you had this connection to something greater than you to, to know that, to be able to cultivate freedom within your mind. Yeah. To see that then manifest externally. You were something that was always there within you, right? That yeah, I, I'm knowing that now. I didn't know that back then. But um, yeah, I was serving a 12 year sentence for smuggling 6.2 kilos of heroin um, from one country to the next. I didn't know that it was heroin. I was just driving the car and um, and I was considered a drug smuggler um, from one country to the next. I think it was from the from the UK to Rotterdam. And I had done that route like seven times. The eighth time I got caught. <clears throat> And they sentenced me to 12 years in a French prison uh, because where I got caught was over a border coming from France into the UK. And um, they put me in prison. I didn't think I was gonna get out anytime soon. About two, two years and one month in, I was watching uh, Shawshank Redemption where we were allowed to watch movies once a month. And um, Anthony Dufresne, which was the lead actor, he says, they can take anything they want away from me, but they can't take away my mind. Mm -hmm. And it was something about that phrase that opened me up in a way that I'd never been opened up. And I was like, man, well, I know why I'm in prison. Mm -hmm. Because when I was free every day, I used to say, I feel like I'm so far away. Like, I feel like I'm in prison inside of my own body. And I was so far away in Europe in prison. I said, so if I can think myself huh. in prison, in that case, huh, I'm free. I'm just, I'm just going to tell myself I'm a, I'm a free man. What would a free person do? And I want everybody out here to really pay attention to this. I want you to think about something in your life where you feel stuck on lockdown. What I did as I sat down in a quiet place, and I said, what would a free person do? And the voice that came up inside of me said, everything you used to love to do as a kid. And I love to draw, I love to motivate, I love to sing, I love to run. So I started drawing and doing portraits of other inmates, families, they were crying. I was singing, other inmates felt free. I was motivating people in French because I learned how to speak fluent French, said très facile pour moi. And um, and then a little voice says, Garen, run. You love to run. I don't run for exercise. I run because it just opens me up. And that's where I get all my downloads from. And I started running where nobody else was running. In 30 days, I had 60 something inmates running. And a week later, I felt freer than I'd ever felt in my life while I was in prison. And then they called me in the office and I thought I was gonna get in trouble for God knows what. And they said, we retested the drugs, which they had no reason to retest the drugs. It was 6.2 kilos of heroin three times. We retested the drugs, 90% was fake. And for the amount that was real, you've already done the time, you're free to go home. So in losing my freedom, I discovered my freedom. Wow, incredible story. And I resonate with that so much, not because I've been in prison, 
but I recently, this is a completely different kind of story, but I recently went traveling. I went wild camping around Europe and I didn't want to come home. I live mm. in a beautiful house. I'm very blessed right on the coast by the, the two minutes walk to the beach. And I, so I had to inquire, why, why don't, do I not want to come home? I've been traveling for a month. I've had an amazing time. So I get that, but there was more to it than that. And I realized that I didn't want to be in a house. I realized mm. that living out of a bag, one bag, camping, I've never felt freer or haven't felt that free in a long time mm. with nothing. I was like the house, the stuff, that's the stuff that's making me feel trapped because I don't need it. Like having to, you know, pay the mortgage, pay the bills, take care of everything, mow the lawn, things that, you know, I'm grateful for, but I, it made me realize how much the stuff can also make us feel like we're in a prison, you know, having to keep up with the, the things that actually if we get really honest, we don't really need. And this takes me back to how we even started the conversation whenever I said that man said, change your mindset, change your life. Typically when somebody homeless, like, oh, can I have some money? And you're like, oh no, and you just, you just walk right by. What was it in me that listened? It's because my girlfriend was taken away. My mom was being taken away. My money was taken away. My jobs were taken away. And it was almost like there was a universal order that was stripping everything away from me that was outside of me that I gave power to so that I could remember where the power belonged, which was inside of myself. So it took a prison to sit me still for long enough so that I could build my, my magnetism, my personal power and remember, remember that the power belongs here, not out there. And inside of that, that's where I listened to the homeless guy. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying was, is the exact same thing without having been homeless. You, what you did is you, 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 you took the lead on it. You're like, well, no house, no this, like get rid of all these things that take all your power. And then you sat. And then all of a sudden you're like, you start remembering when you sit for long enough. Right. Yeah. And it's, I feel very blessed to have come, you've been able to have that realization and to get to this point in my life and go, okay, cool. I can make an empowered decision as to what's next. Right. And appreciate the stuff, but also make decisions as to what stays, what goes, where I'm moving to. Um, I also watched a video of you. At the, you spent 24 hours with Sky Life. I wrote her name down because yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> and um, I watched a clip back of it earlier this morning so I wanted to remind myself and you said that now all of the external stuff the car the beautiful home you live in everything you have the external things are an expression of how you feel about yourself so it's from a very different place because you had it all before mm -hmm. right right and you you am I right in thinking you've had it before and got to a point where you were like man this isn't it I'm not happy the cars the the women the how the all the stuff yeah, yeah. I I had it I didn't have it like this but I had it in a way where it looked good externally, but inside I was dying. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, you know, I had a friend who I thought had it all. And uh, he put a bullet into his brain. And I was like, well, damn, I thought he had it all, but he had it all but himself. And I was like, so maybe I need to rethink what success is to me, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it tastes like, what it what it, the texture of it. 
And once I created my own version of success, which is for me, when the truth shows up and I look in the mirror and nobody's around, I'm really genuinely happy. And before I go to bed at night, it's peaceful and it's calm. I don't have no other weird voices in my head. It's like I could truly take myself to bed and truly be at peace with who I am without trying to be anything other than who I'm meant to be. That is my version of success. I love that. Thank you so much for everything you've shared today. I could talk to you for days. We're gonna to have to do that at some point. Um, I also wanted to mention your beautiful wife, Blair, and your gorgeous baby soul, because they are, you know, you all work together now. It's a family affair, isn't it? <laughs> it's so it's so gorgeous to, to see the dynamics. And I love the little clips you do every now and then, the two of you with baby soul, like dancing and like sharing that. And I'm sure she's inspiring you as much as you're, you know, you're raising baby soul, but I'm sure she's brought another dimension to this work, the artist power and the play and everything for both of you, I'm sure. The greatest teachers, right? I, I say that Blair gave birth to soul and soul gave birth to me. <laughs> I can hear her in the background as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just so grateful for the dynamics of being able to be a father again. I have a daughter who's 21 who just graduated college. Oh, congrats. Thank you so much. I was homeless when she was born, you know, so you can imagine the, 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 the relationship and what I've had to overcome and even developing trust because I didn't even love myself during that time. I completely love myself now. So baby soul is getting a completely different aspect of me. And so I'm just grateful to have the 20 year, um, just the, it's, it's just a, a, a 20 year opportunity to look at growth and be able to compare who I was then to where I am now. And it, it's such a beaut it's such great medicine for me on both ends of the spectrum. And then also having my powerful wife, it's, you know, it's, it's very rare that you see a lot of people be like, oh, power couple, but it's like, clearly, either the woman is extremely way more powerful and the man is like, he's like, like wimpy or the woman is wimpy and the man is strong and masculine to make her, but you rarely see two extremely powerful people actually making it work. I know that because most of, most of my audience is 94% powerful driven women. Their number one complaint is, I can't, I can't keep a man. It's like, I'm too strong. I was like, well, maybe it's not meant for you to be too strong because maybe that man doesn't want to date another energy of another man. And, and so I'm constantly working in that arena and hearing all of the stories. Mm -hmm. And um, we've figured out a formula and we continue to keep coming back to the table. And I'm so grateful to be married to an extremely powerful woman who knows who she is. And she's married to an extremely powerful man who knows who, who, who he is and our relationship continues to inspire others. Thank you so much for saying that. I also work mostly with women and same complaints and these women are burning themselves out like too much time in their masculine energy they don't want to be in that place they don't realize they don't want to be in that place until they burn out and then their relationships aren't successful so the work that the two of you that you and Blair are doing together 
is so important because having you and I think you do come together as a power couple in the truest sense there with that balance to to be the example of what is possible you know I'm teaching this work there's lots of uh, independent people working in this field but to have a couple who who are working that out and it's not easy right I'm sure you're no. sharing that as well it, it's conscious it's all conscious choices and every day figuring out so I mean, I'm excited for, for what's to come and I'm sure there'll be a family program soon with baby cells. So. <laughs> oh, it's, coming. it's coming. We're just uh, working them in at the retreat and doing <laughs> some really, really cool things. The next uh, Awaken the Artist Within retreat is uh, in October in Vail, Colorado. So that's going to oh. be magical. And Blair, and, awesome. Blair and Baby Soul are going to be there as well. Well, I'm going to come and join you, if not on that one, at some point. I very much intend to be in your space and to be continued. I've loved our conversation today and, um, yeah, I can't wait for more. So thank you so much for being here and sharing everything you have today. Uh, anything you want to wrap up with? Anything you want to leave us with? Or The greatest way to say thank you to myself and Lou for opening up this dialogue of our life experiences is to simply apply it, take motivated action and change your life and then come back and share how glorious of the things that are happening in your life. There's no greater way to say thank you than to apply when we are pouring our souls out uh, to you. So I can't wait to hear about all of y'all's amazing results of things that you applied from this uh, podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have an amazing rest of your day. You too, my friend. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Manifestation Freak. You can follow me at I am Lou George and at Manifestation Freak on Instagram. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. And we'd love to hear from you. Let us know how this episode resonated and feel free to share this out with anyone that you know might enjoy the show too. And we'll see you next week.